Song of Solomon, Chapter 1. This book is also called the Song of Songs. In some Bibles, it's Song of Songs, and in other Bibles, it's the Song of Solomon. In ancient Greece, and apparently also in other countries like Israel, they had choirs that would back up the main singers in an elaborate song. And we still have that today. We still have backup choirs that sing along with the main singers in a song. It's a great song and it has several chapters. It would probably take like 20 minutes or half an hour to perform this song. It's a huge production. And during the song, there will be three main voices that you will hear. One is the male lover, because this is a love song, and he is called the beloved. And then there's a female voice, and she is the female lover. She doesn't really have a name, but you can think of her as the maiden. However, she does have sex with the male in this song. And then the chorus is sung by the daughters of Jerusalem. And the daughters represent all of Jerusalem. Because remember, the female persona always represents many. So when you have a group of women singing in Israel, that represents the entire nation of Israel. So you have the bridegroom, in a sense, the bride and Israel, the nation. Easily, this represents Christ and the church, but it also has the nation of Israel in there because the nation of Israel is intertwined in every single promise that the Lord has made us, including promises regarding heaven. This song is prophetic because the beloved or the bridegroom represents Christ and the maiden represents his church. This is also just a regular love song, and it could represent one of the many affairs of King Solomon, because he had hundreds of wives. There's one part where the maiden calls herself black and sun-scorched and tan because she has to work outside. Another way of interpreting it is that she is actually black-skinned, which is possible. Solomon would have certainly had some black wives, and the Queen of Sheba who came to visit him was black. Some people don't want to see Jesus in this song, but as with all of the Bible, Jesus is everywhere in the Bible. And he does show up in symbiology everywhere in this book. One, the song of songs, that is Solomon's, that says this is the song that Solomon wrote entitled The Song of Songs. Two, let him kiss me with kisses of his mouth, for better are thy loves than wine. Wine is a drink that gives people a lot of pleasure and enjoyment. And this is the voice of the damsel saying that her lover's kisses are more pleasurable than drinking wine. 3. For fragrance are thy perfumes good, perfume emptied out, thy name, therefore have virgins loved thee. Young girls always have a crush on handsome men, and this is saying that all the young girls have a crush on you. Now, virgins spiritually represents those who do not follow false religion. So, those who only follow Christ are in love with him. That's symbolized in virgins having a crush on a really handsome man. This talks about the beloved, who is the man, wearing perfume. And Christ does wear perfume. This is spoken of in Revelation 
and God prescribed perfume to be made for the temple, which represents Christ. I believe when we see Jesus in heaven, we are going to smell his perfume. Usually perfume is something that a rich man wears, but here perfume is worn by this man because he is incredibly gorgeous, and why would he not wear it? And that's Jesus. Jesus is the most beautiful being, so why would he not have perfume? For draw me, after thee we run. The king hath brought me into his inner chambers. We do joy and rejoice in thee. We mention thy loves. More than wine, uprightly they have loved thee. This part sounds like it might be the choir singing, which is all of the women who have a crush on him, and they're all agreeing that he is absolutely gorgeous, which is what we will see when we see Jesus face to face. We will be astounded by his incredible beauty. Now on earth, he was not incredibly beautiful. He made himself plain, as the book of Isaiah says. But after he ascended to heaven, he can look any way he wants. And people who have had visions of him say that he's very beautiful. And that's how he's described in Revelation and here in this book. So it says, the king brought me into his inner chamber, which means his bedroom. And the king is Jesus. Now this is a sensual song, and it is going to show that these two lovers have sex before they're married. In Jewish custom, you are legally married at the day that you're betrothed, not the wedding day. In Western culture, we don't think that you're married until you have your wedding, but in Jewish culture, you're married as soon as you are engaged, and the engagement can only be broken by divorce. It's totally legal, so you can have sex before the wedding in a Jewish union. Although you typically wouldn't, it's permissible, as long as it's between the legally bound couple. Now, this represents a spiritual truth for us. In this life, if we're following Jesus, we are spiritually engaged to him, and therefore, that engagement can be broken only with a divorce. That means that we turn our backs on the Lord, and we go out and commit adultery, meaning that we worship false gods, and we go back into a sinful lifestyle. That's effectively a spiritual divorce from the Lord. But if we remain faithful throughout this engagement, which will last our entire lives, when Christ returns, he will have a huge wedding feast for his bride. And that is the day that we will go to heaven and will live with him forever. That is the day of the wedding. But we're legally bound now, so there's no excuse for worshiping false gods now, as a lot of Christians do. A lot of Christians want to be engaged to Jesus and have the promise of that eternal home waiting for us, just as a bride who's engaged has that promise that she will be taken into her husband's home. But at the same time, we want to have other lovers, meaning we want to practice false religion. We want to go to yoga class, and we want to worship sports figures and movie stars and rock stars. We've really divorced ourselves from the Lord and don't even realize it. In the Bible, if you commit adultery when you're engaged to a man, he can legally divorce you and break off that engagement. So that's what the Lord does when people commit adultery against the Lord by going to false idols. Now, when I say adultery, I'm talking in spiritual terms. 
It's actually called idolatry, and that is spiritual adultery. But when people do that, they do get divorced from the Lord. What I mean by that is they do lose their salvation. Even though you can lose your salvation, you can get saved again by repenting and getting back with the Lord and following Him again. If you have turned your back on the Lord, you can do another 180 and you can repent and get right with Him today. 5. Dark am I and comely, daughters of Jerusalem, as tents of Kedar, as curtains of Solomon. I guess Solomon had some dark curtains in his palace for coverage. And she says, I am very dark, just like those curtains. And that's why it, it makes me think she could have been black, because curtains aren't going to be tan colored. They're going to be black if you want dark curtains. But it'll explain here in a minute that the reason she's dark is because the sun has scorched her. 6. Fear me not, because I am very dark, because the sun hath scorched me. The sons of my mother were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards. My vineyard, my own, I have not kept. They made her do slave labor for their vineyards, and they didn't allow her to keep her own vineyard. So her vineyard is in disrepair. She has to work for her family, but nobody works for her or allows her to take care of herself. 7. Declare to me, thou whom my soul hath loved. This is similar to the wilderness journey that Christians have in this life where we'd really rather spend all of our day focusing on the Lord, but we also have to work and earn a living and pay bills. So it's like you're living a double life and you can't 100% spend your time doing what you want to do. You have to spend a lot of time earning your way in the world to take care of your basic needs. Your time is not all your own. 7. Declare to me, thou whom my soul hath loved, where thou delightest, where thou liest down at noon. For why am I as one veiled by the ranks of thy companions? This is the damsel speaking. She says to her lover, Tell me where you are, because I want to go see you. I'm not a prostitute. I'm not available to any man. And that's why she says as one veiled, prostitutes wore veils to hide their identity. And she says, I only want you. I'm not a prostitute. So tell me where you are so I can be with you. And as Christians, we're not prostitutes. In other words, we don't turn to every different religion. We don't dabble in Joseph Smith and Buddha and Hira Krishna and all these other thought processes. We don't dabble in humanism and Darwinism. If you're following Jesus, you're just following Jesus. It's a pure road that you travel. It's a narrow, straight road, and you don't divert to the right or the left. And that's what she's saying. I only want you. 8. If thou knowest not, O fair among women, get thee forth by the traces of the flock, and feed thy kids by the shepherd's dwellings. This could be the chorus singing, or it could be the beloved, giving information to the damsel saying, your beloved is with the flocks, that's where you need to go. The flock or the sheep represent those who follow Christ. Jesus is with those who follow Christ. If we want to find him and we don't have him with us, we need to go seek out those who follow him because he is the good shepherd. 
9. To my joyous one in chariots of Pharaoh, I have compared thee, my friend. 10. Comely have been thy cheeks with garlands, thy neck with chains. This is the beloved, the man, speaking about his lover, the maiden, and he is saying how beautiful she is. He says, I compare you to the chariots of Pharaoh, and your cheekbones are beautiful, and your neck is beautiful. It's like an ornament. 11. Garlands of gold we do make for thee with studs of silver. The chorus is offering gifts to the damsel in her honor because she has chosen the perfect one to be her lover. She has chosen Christ. And we receive gifts from the Holy Spirit when we choose to follow Christ. 12. While the king is in his circle, my spikenard hath given its fragrance. The chorus offered the damsel gold and silver, but now the damsel is speaking, and she says, I have a beautiful fragrance for the king, and that is for Jesus. In the Bible, our prayers are called a fragrance. In the temple, the perfume represented the prayers of the saints. She offers a fragrance to her lover, and that is what we do when we pray to Jesus. 13. A bundle of myrrh is my beloved to me, between my breasts it lodgeth. When she holds his head between her breasts, to her it's like a precious herb that she is holding. Myrrh is one of the most precious and expensive ointments. Myrrh is a healing ointment. When she holds him, it heals her. Myrrh also represents sorrow. Their love is bittersweet because they can't always be together. And our love with Jesus is bittersweet right now in this life because we can't see him and we can't touch him. We can't always hear his voice. So it's a bittersweet union now, but in heaven it will be nothing but joy. And also Christ died on the cross for us and suffered bitterly. So myrrh represents his head as well. 14. A cluster of cypress is my beloved to me in the vineyards of En Gedi. En Gedi, that area must have been known for having really quality wine. She says he is like a group of cypress trees in those vineyards. Trees have a lot of value. They have nourishment, and we can use trees to nourish ourselves. Anytime the Bible talks about trees, it's talking about something highly valued. 15. Lo, thou art fair, my friend. Lo, thou art fair, thine eyes are doves. This is the man talking about the woman. This is the beloved talking. And he says, your eyes are shaped like the eyes of doves, which is a beautiful almond shape. And he says that she's very beautiful. 16. Lo, thou art fair, my love, yea, pleasant, yea, our couch is green. Now she replies to her lover, and she says, Our love bed, which is their couch, that's where they will lay down together, is green. This means that they are going to lie down together out in nature, where she has found him with the sheep. The chorus is in the background, and then there's a male singer in the front and a female singer in the front. And the male and female singer are singing back and forth to each other at the same time that the choir in the background, which is all girls, is singing to both of them and answering different questions at different times. 17. The beams of our houses are cedar. 
our rafters, our firs. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. That is the beloved singing, who is the man. And of course he would be the beloved. He is the son of God. He is beloved of the father. And the temple was made with cedar. So when it says our house is cedars, that represents the temple. And the rafters are firs. Well, cedars are fir trees. So that's kind of saying the same thing in in different terminology. And then it ends with the beloved speaking, saying, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. And those are two euphemisms in the Bible for Jesus Christ. That is not the only place in the Bible where Jesus is called the Rose of Sharon or the Lily of the Valley. He is better than any perfume, and he's actually named after these beautiful flowers. So some of his perfume smells like these beautiful flowers. Again, remember, even though we're only engaged to Jesus now and we haven't gone to the wedding feast yet, we still have an intimate, passionate relationship with him in prayer and in obedience and in faith. We are to be as close to him now as we will be in heaven. When you are engaged to somebody, you're not cold toward them. You're very affectionate, very loving, very giving. So we don't turn on our love when we get to heaven. If we don't love him now, we're never going to love him and we're never going to make it to heaven because he is only accepting a loving bride to go up with him in the sky. He isn't going to accept a whore or a cold-hearted woman. He's going to accept a loving, passionate, affectionate, doting bride. That's who's going up in the clouds with Jesus. So this song well represents what our attitude should be now toward the Lord. We aren't saving ourselves for the wedding night. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians think that they can get away with saving themselves for the wedding night. And it's not going to work out that way. They're not going to be able to convince him on judgment day that they loved him. If they don't love him now, he won't be convinced later. And that concludes Song of Solomon, chapter 1.